How is it going, everybody? This is Sean Barnes. I want to welcome you to The Way of the Wolf. So on the show today, we actually have a good friend of mine, Chris Tarver, who is an entrepreneur, health and fitness guy, and just an all-around really, really good guy. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm looking forward to having you uh, here on the show. One of the things that, that we do talk about is entrepreneurship and starting businesses. And so... I'd like for you to share your story about how you came to start TF Supplements. For those of you that don't know, TF Supplements is a nutrition store here on the north side of town. I rant and rave about it because it's kind of the Apple store of nutrition uh, stores. It's just absolutely incredible. So tell me how you came to pass uh, as far as starting that that store. Um... Do we want to go all the way back when I was personal training, saving seed money, or...? Yeah, wherever you want to start, man. Um, So... I would say it was probably back in like 2005, uh, six, seven, eight. I was personal training, uh, pretty much saving every dollar I had, anything I could do on the side. I was definitely a saver, uh, and I had this idea that I was going to like, I was saving this seed up for like something. I didn't really know what it was, but I was going to take a swing at something. Um, I ended up uh, kind of, I, I saved about, I want to say $23,000, I think is what I had at the time. And I'm about 24 years old, uh, 25 years old, and um, I used that money to buy not TF Supplements, but my first uh, my first house, which was an investment property for me. And uh, I, I used it to buy the first house. And during that time, I had like kind of got into bodybuilding and got into fitness. And um, I mean, I was a trainer, so I was into it, but I kind of got into like the competitive world of fitness. And I, the, the first bodybuilding show that I did was a Europa show. Um, you're familiar with Europa because we yeah. just probably just from you and I, but yeah. uh, Europa was one of the largest vitamin distributors in the country. And I went up there, competed, um, met some people, shook some hands, and I, I had the opportunity to interview for a position they had open. And it was a, uh, a sales position, which I later landed the job and, uh, that was an outside sales position in the Houston area. And there was an account down on the south side of town, TF Supplements. And at the time, it was just a large website. Um, it was actually the fourth largest supplement website in the world. Uh, absolutely huge, man. So kind of a funny story. My boss takes me down there, and we pull up in the parking lot, and it's in a warehouse. And when he stops the car, and he looks at me all serious like, and it, this is the first day. It's like my ride along with my boss, right? He's introducing me to these accounts. And he says, okay, the owner of this place is named Sean. He's a young guy too, but everything this guy touches turns to gold. Just glue yourself to this guy. And I'm like, oh my God. It kinda it kinda like built up this like, I'm like, who's this guy I'm fixing to meet, you know? And we come into the office and it's a uh it's a small, tiny little office. Like it had three desks in it. It was messy. There's there's stacks of papers everywhere and files everywhere. Not what you would expect from like a successful company that that was yeah. one of our largest accounts at the time, and and this guy Sean, who's like also in his mid twenties or so behind the desk, and uh, we sit across from him, and we're sitting in these like little crummy folding chairs, and we're probably like five feet from his desk. <laughs> it was so odd. I was so confused because he just <laughs> built it up in the parking lot. Like this is going to be like this this kid who he's the golden goose, right? Everything he does is just. Yeah. Just amazing business guy, right? So I'm kind of confused. Uh, but 
man, it's a, it's a long story how our relationship got started. But at that time, um, man, I was just so impressed by this guy and I did exactly what my boss says. I glued myself to him and we ended up becoming great friends. And, uh, several years later, um, I ended up kind of partnering with him with TF and, uh, we opened stores around Houston and I now own the one, the, the larger store here in the North side of town. And, um, he's no longer in the business, but man, I, I always remember meeting him because at the time I was 25, 26, and I believe he was around 28. And I had come from a small town where really if you were doing anything, you were doing well. Like there wasn't a whole lot of people that were that were really thriving, it seemed like. There probably were, it just I wasn't aware, at least in my circles. Where'd you so, come from? Montgomery, so, okay. uh, yeah. you know. At least in my circle. So mm-hmm. I don't. I want to be careful when I say that. There's probably a lot of people that were thriving, but in my circles, it, that wasn't the case, man. I, yeah. um, and I meet this guy, and he's a couple years older than me, maybe three years older than me, and he's miles ahead of me. I mean, I can't believe it. And it's like, I mean, your initial reaction is like negative, right? Like you feel like, holy shit, man. Like what? Like I gotta, I gotta. First off. Th- it was a negative reaction because I was just, I was thrilled that I landed this job. Like mm-hmm. I was, I mean, I would have done cartwheels down the road. I mean, I was so, this is the biggest job I'd had in my life. Yeah. Um, it was a salary position and I was so thankful. I mean, I was, I was on top of the world and I meet this guy who's just a few years older than me. And he's like, I mean, he's not even on the same track. He's, he's so far ahead of me. He's, and I thought, oh wow. Like it was just kind of, kind of takes you back. And it's like a gut shot, you know? So I remember thinking, I'm gonna learn from this guy. I don't know what it'll be. I, and I told, I, actually it's funny, I went home and I told um, my girlfriend, my wife now, but I, I went home and told Danny. I said, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it will be, but I'm gonna do something with this guy. Yeah. Like, we're gonna do something together. Yeah. I just knew he was gonna be part of my future mm-hmm. and uh, ended up being that way. So um, I could, talk about that dude forever. He's probably one of the most uh, influential people that I've encountered in my life. Just a, a machine work ethic, man. And uh, he, it's a lot to say about that. Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, what I find interesting is you and I have known each other for, oh, what, eight, 10 years, something along those lines. And um, yeah, it has been y- a while. yeah, one of the things that I've, I've always appreciated and respected about you is, is I kind of joke around about you're, you're the idea guy. You come up with some of the most brilliant ideas on starting companies or businesses or whatever it may be. It just kind of blows my mind. Has that always come natural to you? Uh, my dad's an idea guy. Okay. Um, my dad's an idea guy and he oftentimes uses me as a soundboard for ideas and, uh, he kind of has, I think you would describe it kind of like a, like maybe an, his mind kind of operates maybe on like an engineer's wavelength, you know? So his ideas are often like, seems like from a different, a different perspective, like an uncommon perspective. Um, and I think I have some of that. I, cause I seems like my mind always works that way too. And, uh, I, re- I remember I heard a quote one time, I think it was from Elon Musk, but he said, find an inefficiency in the market mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and that's your opportunity. Right. And, yep. So it seems like I'm always looking for that. Um, to tell you the truth, though, man, it's funny you bring that up. I told my wife probably a week ago, we were talking about you, 
And I said, man, Sean said something to me one time that I'll probably never forget. And you called me an idea guy. Mm-hmm. And you didn't know it at the time, but one of the most, like one of the things that I lean on internally to kind of keep me pushing through times that are difficult is not just being an idea guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be known, or I say I want to be known, I want to know that I'm willing to take a swing and that I'll, I execute. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to be an idea guy, but I do. You know, I think it's, I don't just want to be an idea guy. So, so it's funny that you say that because I can actually vividly recall that conversation. Did that you day. see it in my face? I saw it in your face. Yeah. It was like, you were like, I oh said my God, someone. what have I just said to yeah. this guy? It was, it was intended to be a compliment because I respect it so much because for me, I, that's what I struggle with. I cannot come up with brilliant new ideas. For me, it's all about process improvement. If you put something in front of me, I can make it better. It doesn't matter what it is. But if you say, hey, here's a blank slate, come up with something, I will sit there for days just beating my head against a blank wall. I, I, it just, for me, it, it just doesn't work. And so, but that's I knew where you were coming. I knew it, it was, you know, meant to be a, a compliment yeah. for sure. And so, so how has, uh, in starting, starting TF, and I know you've been pretty big into real estate and flipping houses, and, and you've had a few other ventures over the years. So how has that, has that been a struggle for you as far as being the idea guy, coming up with all these brilliant ideas, and then primarily focusing on, on TF and then the flipping houses, but you've had a lot of like really, really good stuff that hasn't really come to fruition in its entirety. Now you still, I mean, again, TF is such an incredible store and I know you do really well flipping houses. So talk me through how you grapple with that. How do you, how do you work your way through that? Because I know that can be challenging, especially for other idea guys out there. I think the, the now, now it's more understanding how much I'm capable, like what my true capabilities are. Cause mm-hmm. I would just keep loading up my plate. Yeah. You know, and if, if something came along that I thought was worth taking a shot at, it was, mm-hmm. let's go. Yeah. Um, and realistically, like, I don't think you can operate that way. I don't, I don't know of anyone that can. So, um, so what are your thoughts on partnerships? Um, I have one now mm-hmm. that works, uh, in, in real estate that, uh, is, is very healthy. It's a healthy, mm-hmm. it's a healthy partnership and we complement each other really well. Yeah. Um, so to be honest, like that's really, th- that one partnership is really my, my one true experience with mm-hmm. a real partnership. Um, but obviously, I mean, I know there's a thousand challenges that can come with that stuff. And I've had, I've had a long laundry list of issues and challenges that have come with people who I'm working closely with. Yeah. Um, but as far as a true partnership with mm-hmm. a business, uh, the one I have right now is the first experience I've had, and it's it's going great because we complement each other well. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's the key for me is is finding somebody that complements your skill set. I've heard tons of disaster stories with partnerships when people go into business together, but then you've also seen some of of those just incredible successes. You think of Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak being able to partner together in the things that they were able to accomplish. Yes, there's great risk, but when you find somebody that can truly complement what you bring to the table, I think really great things can happen from that. 
Absolutely. And I would imagine, like, I guess if we're just imagine if you do, if you have two partners that have totally different strengths, yep. there's not going to be a lot of kind of railroading there. Like it, there's, there's, I know, I know from a process standpoint, if you, if you and I are partners, mm-hmm. I'm going to take a back seat to whatever, you know, recommendation you may have in that regard, you know? Yep. And, uh, and I'm going to be comfortable with that. But if we both had, if, if we both had those similar strengths, it's always going to be a challenge I would imagine. So what's interesting on, on, uh, another episode that I rec- recorded recently with a friend of mine, we, we talked a little bit about ego. And it was really along the vein of, of leadership and leading teams and how ego can be, it can be a tricky thing. But I would imagine, now I've never personally had any sort of partnership that I've worked with, but I would imagine ego can play into that and create challenges. Um, have you ever run into that with your partnerships in the past? Not yet. I, I've, I try to be pretty self-aware and introspective. And I've, I've even thought like, I've even thought with as much time as I spend in the TF supplements business, mm-hmm. this sounds silly, but like, you know, I'm the, the head honcho in there. And if, if you spend, if you spend a lot of time in that environment, it's human nature that you'll begin. I would imagine the way you conduct yourself, the way you speak, that, that has to ha- have an impact on that. Right. Like, yep. um, now I've never had anyone tell me that, but mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've been cognizant of it. I, mm-hmm. I've had those, those conversations with my wife and like <clears throat> making sure that I don't spend five days a week in an environment where when I say it, I'm the ultimate rule on, of the mm-hmm. land. Right. And I, I don't think that's a healthy place to be. I think you need, you need a, cha- you need someone that, to challenge you on things. Um, so if you don't have that, I feel like you're, well, I think so, so where my head goes is how how important it is to surround yourself with excellence. Yeah. Right? If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah. No, right? Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about some of the challenges that you've had in running a small business in, in TF. I need a guy like you. Oh, well, I say that. <laughs> uh, I, so I, I, I have a, a young man right now that works for me. Um, his name is Josiah. Mm-hmm. And... The dude is sharp, sharp, sharp. Yep. Um, and he's, I bought one of his books. Did you? Yeah. Um, super impressive, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, uh, I don't know what number it is now, but I, I think it was in 2019 he told me he read like 60 books. I mean, he's, he's one of these guys that he constantly seeks knowledge. And I, like we could have a conversation about something, some unrelated topic, not even really concerning our business, but and he may not be familiar with it, and I'll see a book on the counter two days later on that top. I mean, it's how many people do you know that live their life that way? I mean, it's really impressive. I, I would almost describe it like somebody's somebody who's just taking full advantage of being alive. Like, I'm going to be here. I'm going to soak up everything I can. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sharpen myself um, the best I can. And uh, he is the complete opposite of me. He is where I'm strong. He is weak, and, and where I'm weak, he is very strong. So yep. uh, I have a a really healthy partnership in that regard in the TF business um, that I know is going to prosper. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of in the early stages of that as, um, as some new segments of the business kind of get take, take, take shape. Mm-hmm. Um, he's helped me roll some of those things out this year for the first time. And so far they've been a success, but they're, they're kind of in those initial stages, but gosh, that's been exciting, man. It's been really exciting to like, it feels like you gain these like completely new strengths that you can, you can now just kind of give mm-hmm. and you could take them off your plate, you know? Yep. 
Um, but the challenge, I guess the challenges I faced were the times I didn't have that. Um, I, I, there's been numerous times where I felt like I'm just, I'm underwater and I'm mm -hmm. just kicking and, and flapping my arms, but I have no, I don't know how to swim, yeah. you know? So I've, I've been forced to learn things, that, but uh, there's, they're not things that come naturally. So it's a constant struggle. Well, and so what comes to mind for me is, is the importance of having a good team around you. And as you're building a business, having a strong team of people that, that are passionate and care about it and, and are really excited to come in every day and learn and grow. I think there's, there's a lot to be said for that as opposed to individuals that maybe aren't passionate. It's just a job, a way to get money for them. And, you know, I think you're going to have those people, especially as businesses start growing, but it's so vitally important to find somebody that you can invest in and develop. And they're actually excited about it and passionate about it. So, and you know, I know uh, just over the years having conversations with some of your employees, you can see some of these guys They're they're usually, well, for the most part, almost all of them very fit and in shape and, and kind of really into it. But one of the things I have to commend Josiah on is, is he is like, Whenever I think about all the guys that you've had in there, I always want to come to Chris for, hey, what do I take? What supplement do I need to take for this? I am very comfortable going to him yeah. and getting, knowing that I'm going to get the right answer as well. So I tell really people cool all the stuff. time, you're probably in better hands with him than me, <laughs> uh, which is, dude, that's a cool feeling. I mean, it really is. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of value in that. Uh, there absolutely is. So how, I mean, how do you, like you said, how do you, trying to find in any business trying to find people that are going to treat it that way mm -hmm. and hold it to that standard dude that's a tall task and and are they going to do it for the wage that they're earning or i mean I, and then is it the wage or is it something else you know so identifying what what the value proposition proposition is for the employee mm -hmm. you know and the, the the for them like for a lot of people i've had employees where it was money yeah. um and it was, it was uh, commissions and, and spiffs and bonuses that really drove them. I mean, you saw immediately they were, they were ticking and they were on for those things. And then for others could take it or leave it. Yeah. It wasn't about that at all. Um, well, I think that speaks to the importance of, of knowing your employees and having conversations that are deeper than just, hey, come in, do this task, clean this up, do this inventory. You've got to get to know the individual and know what's important for them, what drives them, what motivates them. For some people, it is money. For some people, it's that work-life balance. For some people, it's just an opportunity to come in and, and I don't know, track inventory. I, I don't know. Some I get like the balance. I guess like if, if someone's got their bills paid, they're, they're comfortable, but they're, they're, they're able to have a schedule that's you know, somewhat relieving and, and they can spend time with their kids or drive their kids to school and that sort of thing. Like if there was a, a give and take there, I think there's probably a lot of people in that group. Um, yeah. Well, I think there've been studies that come out that actually talk about the importance of, of once our baser needs are met financially, as long as we can provide a roof over our head and, and eat and, and have, you know, some sort of a comfortable living at that point, the, the priority and focus shifts more towards Am I doing something I enjoy? Do I like working with my boss or my team? And as income levels rise, now it's not absolute because a lot of people are driven solely by the dollar, but as income levels rise, 
for the most part, people focus more and more on the team that they're surrounded by, the culture of the, the company that they work for, and things like that become increasingly important. I am by no means an expert, but if I had to kind of wager one way or the other, I would bet most people have a desire to feel like they're making an impact. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't, that could mean a lot of different things. That could be making an impact in a company's future. That could, some people have a desire to just to make it, to know they made an impact in their boss, in their bosses, like relieving something off their boss's plate or uh, like helping their boss, you know, achieve a goal uh, that, that was set for them or something. And for some, it's in our case, we get to help hundred people a day. I mean, a hundred people a day walk in our store and, and it was, it was put to me this way. Matter of fact, um, matter of fact, I'll tell you a story. Uh, I went and spent the weekend up at, uh, the headquarters of the company first form. If you heard, if you heard of it. Um, Mm -hmm. so we spent the weekend up there. First form is one of the, arguably the most successful company in our industry. And they've kind of mastered culture and so much so that I've heard, from a handful, probably half a dozen other competitors or competitive companies that were naysayers that said, it's fake. It's just a, it's a thing that they kind of portray, but it's not real. Like the, this culture they kind of pretend to live is not a, it's not real. Yeah. So I went up there and in all honesty, like I had a good relationship with these guys, but it's my first time seeing it in person. So I went up there kind of like, I'm going to see, I'm going to scope this out. Yeah. You know, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Uh-huh. Um, and from the moment I walked in the door, it just hit me in the face like 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 a, a, a Mack truck, dude. I mean, it was it was real as it could be. It was it was two hundred some odd people under one roof that not only held themselves. You could you could feel that they held held themselves to a high standard, but they were just kindness was like pouring out of them. It was like it was opening the doors. It was, can we get like, not just like the, the easy stuff, like I'm going to open the door and kind of get you anything kind of think like polite. Right. But it was, this was a true culture of work ethic and, and everybody was holding each other to a high standard. And it, it was just a, an unbelievable experience, but I, I w- we were in a conference room and I was asked the question, uh, why we do what we do? Like why TF supplements? Why do we, why is that the business that we run? And that's a tough question to ask. I was kind of put on the spot mm-hmm. and um, I gave a shitty answer and um, I gave a shitty answer and I'm almost embarrassed to tell you what the answer was, but well, you got to you come, on, come um, on out with it now. He put me on the spot. We're at a conference table and, yeah. I, and I said, well, I mean, it, it's a business. Like mm-hmm. what the hell do you think we're here to do? You yeah. know? Um, and he told me, he was like, that's a shitty answer. And, um, <laughs> and then he goes, he goes, look, man, you have people that walk into your store and for some people, this may be the last time they walk into a store like yours. This may be the, this may be the last time in a series of a dozen times that they woke up so upset where we're, with where they're at, so upset with w- like what, what the, the path that has led them to that point. And there, it could be a, 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 a husband with a, a, a failing marriage or uh, it's a relationship of any kind, but they woke up that morning and they decided they were going to walk into your store and it may be the last time. So you, this sounds crazy, but their life is in your hands. So how you greet them, how you, how you don't make them feel stupid when they ask that question that, that might be a stupid question. Um, 
but but how you handle them, it, it's it's such an so valuable and so important. And um, you know, it's not every customer, but you're damn sure we get a lot of those customers. And it may be, like I said, it may be the last time they walk into that store. And it, it this is the last opportunity I have to potentially change their trajectory for their life. And it sounds silly too, but it, it could be as simple as just having some good conversation, talking about some like healthy habits and, and little choices and tricks that maybe I've had success with and send them on their way. And it, it, it may be something small today, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean it'll be small later. Um, and we've had a lot of those, those customers for years that, um, it's pretty rewarding, man. So like just kind of going back to how that started was, um, feeling like you're, you're making an impact. Yeah. I think a lot of people would trade money for that kind of satisfaction, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and as you, as you were sharing that, I think for you, it probably wasn't at the forefront of your mind because it comes so natural to you as you know, I've, I've hung out in your store for an hour, just you and I chatting. And then I've watched other other customers come in and you start having conversations with them and you, you genuinely want to help every single person that comes in that door. If they're a bodybuilder or they're just starting their fitness journey, it doesn't matter. You intently listen. And the same thing with your employees. You guys intently listen and try to figure out, hey, what is the best supplement for what you're trying to accomplish? Or is it some sort of lifestyle change that needs to occur, that that needs to happen? So that's actually, so one of the things that I wanted to talk about, I'm going to surprise you a little bit, do um, a pop quiz. I'm going to ask you, hey, what's the best supplement for this? What's the best supplement for this? I've probably passed half a dozen quizzes in my life. <laughs> right? So Kay. we'll see. Okay. First of all, for those that uh, can't sleep well, what is your recommendation? Uh, so we usually ask, like, do you have trouble falling asleep or do you have trouble staying asleep? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there's a, a pretty well-known it well this ingredient is widely used in a lot of like blends like if you were to go find a sleep product on Mm -hmm. some shelf somewhere oftentimes this you'll find this ingredient as kind of the main driver but it's called gaba okay um i couldn't tell you what that what that actual name is but gaba g-a-b-a uh it's naturally produced in the gut but it's um it's very very good very effective for a restful night's sleep so if you're somebody who has trouble staying asleep Mm -hmm. it's amazing and you don't really wake up groggy it's super affordable. Uh, so it, it's one of those things we like to start people with yep. and kind of find out like where that baseline is. Cause we never like to just throw the whole, you know, kit and caboodle at it. And we'll, and, and we like to start here and then we'll kind of make adjustments as we go. You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So <laughs> what if you're coming in and your knees are hurting or your joints are aching and just bothering you quite a bit? So collagen is uh, really good for joint lubrication. Um, and there's a, several other things like um, uh, glucosamine, chondroitin, MSM that help with like tissue regeneration and like um, to help kind of repair um, like, you know, soft tissues and, and, and connective tissues. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. What about losing weight? Uh, we we kind of have a handful of kind of foundational products, but mm-hmm. um, CLA, um, conjugated linoleic acid and L-carnitine are two kind of fundamentals. They're very inexpensive, at least at our store they are. But that's always the foundation for anybody concerned with either achieving a low body fat or maintaining a low body fat. But mm-hmm. we always start them there. And then on top of that, if you were to take anything that's like caffeinated or anything that's kind of kind of rev the metabolic rate, it just kind of acts as a catalyst to those ingredients. Yeah. But so one of the things that I, I appreciate about Josiah, he, he wrote that book basically about uh, nutrition. And 
and types of foods to eat and things to do, actually even on a low budget. Yeah. I know that's one of the things whenever I have conversations with people, they'll, they'll ask me, how are you able to afford to eat clean all the time? Well, there are tricks. There's, it, it's not, you know, it is not always going to be expensive. There are ways around it. You can find more cost-effective ways of doing it. So that was the whole reason I told I told him I said you have to get this thing out here. Like yeah. people need to see this, not for the benefit it could be from a nutritional standpoint, but from the financial benefit it could be for so many people. Mm-hmm. I think look, financial freedom or just finances in general are probably the root of so many, probably most people's stress, right? Yep. Or, or mm-hmm or at least the majority of it, um, big part of it. And for like two years, I watched Josiah come in the store and eat two meals a day. Well, he, he said he did three meals a day, but he would always eat two of those meals at the store. So three meals a day for seven days a week. And most weeks he did it for under 50 bucks. Oh, that is crazy. I told him, I was like, dude, that's non-existent. You've got to teach people how to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of where the book came from. Yeah, he, um, he grew up fairly impoverished, so uh-huh. he wanted to teach people how to, take control of their food and take yeah. control of their finances. It doesn't have to be just for people who can afford it. You know? mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. What about folks that want to gain weight supplement? <coughs> Calories. Calories. <laughs> just start eating and don't stop, man. Or, yeah. or girl. Um, yeah. Cause, cause we have both. We have, uh, we have males and females that come in trying to gain weight and normally it's a calorie issue. Mm-hmm. So, for most of the time, those people don't know how many calories they take in on a regular basis. So we first say, okay, we got to figure out where you're at baseline. Let's fi- let's determine how many calories you are taking in. And we'll go from there based on what that basal metabolic rate is. So based on you burning 1500 calories, sitting on the couch, watching Netflix all day, mm-hmm. plus another 500 when you go to the gym and another 500 when you go to work or, you know, estimate here, but where do we need to go from there? Where do our, where does our calorie, calorie intake need to be yeah. for you to actually start, for you to end the day with extra so your body says, hey, what am I going to do with these extra calories? Mm-hmm. Am I going to store them as this or that? Or, yeah. But it, you got to end the day with extra. You got you to out-eat the, the motor. Yeah, so that's one of the things that, uh, I don't know, probably about eight or ten years ago, I went to a, a guy named Chase Banks, and he was a nutritionist, helped bodybuilders prep for shows and things like that. And I had a little bit of a realization event because he put me on a meal plan and then the first thing we did is start tracking my calories, and I realized I was eating like a little bird. I was yeah. eating 1,500 calories a day. Just didn't even think about it. And so we upped that to, like, we started at 3,600 and then went all the way up to 4,500. It was misery, just pure yeah, misery. I, I gained weight, I do that. Yeah. for sure. But, uh, yeah, so I think that's one of the things that a lot of times people don't realize. These supplements, they can be beneficial. They can be helpful, but you've got to get your nutrition and your recovery in line. The supplements are filling in the gaps. Yes. We like to use that term. Like mm-hmm. we're filling in the gaps. If you can't, if you're not meeting the calories, yep. we're going to supplement this to help you get there. Yep. If you can't eat that fourth or fifth or sixth meal, mm-hmm. we're going to do this. Yeah. Uh, or if you're not getting enough, like one, our number one product is a greens product and mm-hmm. it's from first form. Uh, it's, it's 11 servings of leafy greens because nobody eats enough vegetables. Yeah. And the crazy thing we're not getting in all this nutrition stuff now. So the everything in our diet is highly acidic. Like coffee, meat, dairy, grains, everything. Everything is highly, highly acidic. So we naturally, uh, our body naturally tries to combat that high acidity level by pulling minerals from our bones to balance the acidity in our blood. 
So guess why we end up with degenerative bone disorders and, and things as we get older, so, and brittle bones and that sort of thing. So leafy greens are the only thing in our diet that will neutralize acidity, that are alkaline, right? So we've heard of alkaline water. Well, like leafy greens are alkaline foods, and they balance acidity in our diet. So if you're not eating, I don't even know what the recommended servings are, but like if you're not eating a lot of leafy greens, you're just constantly putting all this this acidity in the body and the body's having to combat it. Yeah. So I started probably three years ago mm-hmm. um, on OptiGreens, which is the name of the greens product. Wake up in the morning, full glass of water. Then I fill the glass back up, throw my greens in there, and I start my day like that. Natural energy is tenfold. Uh, digestive health's better. I'm, I see, like, feel like my inflammation's lower. Like mm-hmm. immediately I saw those things like within a week. Um, yeah. So... I think that's just kind of funny. Like we, who's telling us that stuff? Nobody. <laughs> like no one's putting that information out. Yeah. In, in especially in the light of all the this past twenty twenty stuff. Like, how many times have you heard any health official get on talking about health or get on talking about vitamin D and vitamin C? <laughs> like it, it makes zero sense. Yeah. Uh, it's actually kind of funny when all that started. We thought we we had a meeting and we were like, okay, we got to beef up our our wellness section, it's fixing. I mean, they're going to beat our doors down. Yeah. I mean, people are going to come in droves for yeah. vitamin D and stuff. It was crickets. I mean, it. we saw probably a 10 to 15%, you know, increase in mm-hmm. our sales in, in those categories, but it just wasn't, there was nobody out there in the, in the real forefront saying, hey guys, we have this health crisis. So the first thing we need to do is get healthy. Yeah, yeah. And here are some cheap ways for you to do that today. Nobody was saying that. It's really unfortunate, but um, yeah, yeah. No one was telling us that our food's acidic and greens yeah. are going to help. Or, That's crazy. Yeah. So talk to me. I want to switch gears a little bit. Talk to me a little bit about your experience in in bodybuilding, and competing, and shows, and things like that. Uh, so when I was personal training mm-hmm. uh, back in two thousand five, six, seven. Um, in 2007, I was diagnosed with testicular cancer, and that knocked me down pretty good. I was a fit guy. I was in shape, um, but going through four rounds of chemo, I lost a lot of weight. Um, I didn't. You, you probably wouldn't look at me and think I was like a cancer patient or anything, but I, I was not. certainly not. Yeah, I mean, I just I didn't look good. Um, so I am. I'm somebody that kind of needs like a carrot. Mm-hmm. I need to know, I need to chase something. And I had never competed before. And at the time, Instagram wasn't really what it is today. So I didn't really know anyone that had competed. Um, but I was like, man, I'm going to do one of those bodybuilding shows. Yeah. This is back when like people read magazines and shit, uh, <laughs> including me, right? So like I grew up on magazines and I'm like, man, I'm going to be, I'm going to do that. And uh, so I signed up for a show, uh, a, a local show. And went and found a trainer, which now there's a trainer. I mean, we could probably point out the window here and find one. Uh, <laughs> but at the time, it was, like, hard to find a trainer or a yeah. nutritionist that could write a diet for me and stuff. And um, did really well, though, man. It, that, was a, that, was a, that was my first experience of, like, really diving into what food and supplements can really do for the body. And it was also the first time I ever had abs which that was awesome. 
So like, yeah, what's the trick there? I, I still haven't mastered that. Oh my gosh, man! Uh, and I'll tell you, like I, I remember one time I had I was sitting down, and someone had taken a photo of me, and I had abs sitting down, <laughs> and I saw that photo, and it was like, I'm how how big can I blow this thing up? Like, yeah, it was. Uh, so that was definitely um kind of a I would say a pivotal kind of time in my like like pushing me into this career, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did that show as kind of a you know, hey, I had cancer, I'm, I beat it. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to, like, show the world, like, that I'm awesome and I could do anything, you know? Yeah. I'm making light of it, but yeah, that's what it was, man. For sure. No, that's incredible. So what did you step on stage at, body weight-wise? 216. That's that's pretty good. And you're, what, six one, six foot, something like that? I'm, like, six one and a half. There you go. That's right. <laughs> six Don't. two, round it up. Round it up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I, at the time, like, I, that wouldn't be a competitive bodybuilder now. Uh, yeah. Now they have all the different classes and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, but I did win. That's awesome. So I, I did win my show. It was it was it was a cool experience. I had uh, my whole family, like half my family's from Florida, so I think we had probably fifteen people fly in from Florida, and mm-hmm. they're like all sitting in the front row. Yeah. And when the judges is the judges making comments and like you know m- moving us around and stuff, and then I remember she one of the judges was like, "Number twenty seven, is this your entire family behind me?" <laughs> <laughs> It was a, it was cool, man. I'll of course never forget that. Yeah, that that's pretty awesome. So, also know you you kind of had a little bit of a foray into into crossfitting. You've gone to a lot of gyms here in the area, and you're very well known not just from your store but from doing crossfit type stuff. Talk to me a little bit about your experiences in doing that and transitioning from bodybuilding into crossfit. It's a whole different game when you look yeah, at the, totally the programming methodologies and and the types of things that you do. Talk to me about your preference. What do you enjoy more? Uh, there's things there's things that I'm gonna always enjoy about bodybuilding because I'm a meathead mm-hmm. at heart. Like okay. I that's fair. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, but there's but CrossFit is far more competitive. Like it's it's a it's more of a more a more aggressive competitiveness. Okay. So, you know, with bodybuilding, it's strategy and it's it's a long it's it's a long game. It's long, but with CrossFit, it uh, I mean, man, you show up and you can go head to head against somebody like you and yeah, um, camaraderie and it's every day and and every day you get a dose of that. Yeah. Every day you get a dose of some, you know, hyper competition and and you know, nerves and adrenaline. And I mean, I think there's something to that. I think there's something to living in that space every day a little bit. And, mm-hmm. um, I know when I was doing it, it, I fell in love with it, man. And I still love it. I, so I also have a special place in my heart for CrossFit too. Yeah. It, it is a lot of fun. And, and to that end, <laughs> as you were talking about, you're able to step in the gym every single day and go head to head with somebody. Maybe if you've got a, a workout where you've got a bunch of pull-ups and you've got somebody over here that just crushes it, but then also you throw a run and, and you're better at the running. So yeah. you you kind of surround yourself with these people and you try to compete against, okay, well, I'm going to try to hang with him on my pull-ups. I'm going to try to hang with this person on the run. Very, very competitive. In bodybuilding, it's day in, day out. All right, more fish, more broccoli. More exactly, rice. more rice. And, yeah, and, 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 and it's like when you start getting closer and closer to the show, just that feeling of depletion and no energy and the brain fog, all of that stuff. You look great. Yeah, you look like a <laughs> million bucks. I, yeah, I always make the joke like every once in a while you'll be in the gym. This happens to me. Maybe 
nobody else. I don't know, but I'll be in the gym and I'm like, just laugh at myself. Like my shoulders are going to look so good tomorrow. <laughs> like you're just like, what am I doing? You know, yeah. uh, it's funny. I can laugh about that, but I do love it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's so vain. It is so vain, but it's awesome. And yeah. CrossFit's not that CrossFit's different. Uh, it's funny how everyone's first perception of CrossFit that hasn't done it is like, oh, but I heard you can get injured. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, doing anything. But yeah. don't do that, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, yeah, I, I've like I've never been injured doing CrossFit. I've been lucky. We've had a lot of great coaches in our area. We still have a lot of great coaches yeah. in our area, you know? Well, I think that's a key. I was actually having a conversation with somebody at the gym today and talking through how CrossFit has done such great things for the fitness community in terms of getting people off the couch and getting them into a gym where they can have people that will push them and motivate them. But you also have kind of the problem side of it where you can have poor coaches and you come in and, Hey, we're going to do 30 snatches for time and your form starts breaking down and you end up hurting your back or destroying your shoulders. And, And I see a lot of that. And whenever I go to a uh, local sports chiropractic place having conversations with them is actually pretty interesting. They would say, Hey, we see kind of a, uh, a significant amount of shoulder injuries coming from this CrossFit gym and low back injuries coming oh, wow. from this CrossFit gym. They actually know where they came from based on the injuries. So oh, wow, uh, that, that was pretty interesting conversation. Very unfortunate, but I think it just, when people go into it, they have to know what to look out for. So I, it is hard. I mean, it's hard, man. When you're in there and the and the clocks run in and and it, you get kind of sucked into mm-hmm. the competition of it. Yep. So it's easy to do. Um, it is. You I, just got to have the kind of wherewithal to pull it back if you need. If yeah. you're supposed to. You know? Well, listening to your body. I think that's what's so important. If you yeah. start feeling like for me, I've struggled with low back pain a lot in in my life, and then and I spent a lot of time at a di- bunch of different gyms over the years, but. I've come to learn in recent years how when my back starts bothering me, I just got to stop. I got to drop the weight down, set my ego at the door. Okay, I used to be able to deadlift that. It's not happening anymore, and that's okay. I wish I need to ask Chase Banks. Uh, I wish I knew. I, I used to. My deadlift was the strongest lift for me in the mm-hmm. gym, um, and I loved it. I mm-hmm. loved deadlifting and cleans. And then one day I got on a rower. Mm-hmm. I rode for like thirty minutes. Went home, felt great. Woke up the next morning, couldn't get out of bed. I used crutches for like four days. Really? Yeah, I was so messed up. I went and got X-rays done, and they were like, "It's so funny, you like hobble in to get your X-rays," and they're like, "Yeah, sir, we don't see anything." I'm like, <laughs> well, something's wrong. Something's <laughs> like, wrong okay. here. I don't like using these, you know. Uh, but yeah, so that happened probably I don't remember how many years ago. But ever since then, I got so gun shy with any of those lifts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, and I actually, man, I think that's kind of what brought me from CrossFit back to the meathead stuff. It yeah. was like, okay, well, if I can't do these Olympic lifts and compound lifts, then I'm I'm going to go do this other stuff. And yeah. then you kind of just got back into that groove. So I think that's kind of the same thing for me <clears throat> as far as, you know, switch more to just kind of strength and conditioning, though, like you and I were talking about earlier. I haven't done as n- enough conditioning recently. But in thinking about CrossFit and, and competitions, I can – vividly recall a competition up in the the DFW area called the Barbell Massacre. Yeah. And I remember you being part of a team. At that point in time, I actually weighed a lot less than I do now, but I went into the scale division, and I thought I was actually doing pretty decent. Now, 
I, I, my back was kind of destroyed for two weeks afterwards. Couldn't really do much. Uh, but I remember walking around the competition and then seeing you and the team that you were with. And after, I don't remember, one of the workouts, you pulled out an entire box of donuts. And we're just walking around. And at the time, you had massive abs and shoulders. Yeah. And I was like, what in the... <laughs> yeah. This is not right. No, this is not right. This is not happening. I think that was like this... Uh, it's certainly like an ego thing. Like I had to like go against the grain or like, cause paleo was, paleo it. was huge. It was like, if you're not eating paleo, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, well, wait a minute guys, there's all different facets to nutrition and there's all different ways to use nutrition to move forward. Right. And there's a way to use powdered donuts. Yeah. Like that's just yeah. how it is. That's, that's a fact. So yeah. I showed up with a bunch of powdered donuts, and I'm like, I'm going to show y'all what this looks like. Uh, and it's just, it was an ego thing, but uh, yeah, I remember that. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, what an idiot. Yeah. A lot of attention on that, but it was fun. It was a, it was a good competition. Long and, and painful, but yeah, not too bad. So what's next for you? Man, we, so my wife and I have some interesting things on the horizon. Um, uh, of course, it's a new kind of entrepreneurial venture. Um and I, I don't know. She may not appreciate me sharing it. Um, <laughs> kind of <laughs> dove into that. Oops. Uh, uh, with TF, we have some interesting stuff. Um, so I, I still have re- – right now, I really tried hard to kind of clear my plate. I don't know if you knew this, but I had a company two years ago, a vending company, where um, we did healthy vending machines. Yep. Um, which – if anyone's thinking about that, mm-hmm. do it. I think that's an excellent idea. I just didn't have enough room on my plate. Yeah. Um, there are not enough. There, when I say not enough, there are virtually nearly zero companies that are doing this. So w- when you say healthy <coughs> vending machines, kind of elaborate that. We would do. Listeners. Okay, so our whole concept was, uh, we would target businesses like mm-hmm. like businesses with a, a high a high employee count. So we were looking for 150 plus employees. Okay. And we were going to stock these machines. We had, they were in pairs. We had a snack machine, a drink machine. Drink machine would be zero sugar drinks, caffeinated drinks, um, some artificial caffeine, some natural caffeine, but things that are going to like lift you up. Um, so no sugar that's going to leave you crashing. Um, we had protein art, like RTDs. So, mm-hmm. so if you needed to go in for a quick snack, it wasn't a Snickers bar. It was a protein drink. And the same thing, that's kind of the MO for the snack machine was, you know, low sugar, low glycemic, high protein, healthy, all natural ingredients. So it's funny, man. Start paying attention to, to snack machines yeah. and you see the exact same thing. It's like they all go to Costco and get the same shit. Yeah. It's potato chips, Cheetos, mm. Snickers, Skittles. It's the same stuff for the past 10 years. And uh, it just kind of dawned on me. I was like, man, as more and more attention starts getting getting kind of lit on this, uh, on, on fitness and health, mm-hmm. like this is an inefficiency in the market. It is. Something can be exploited here. So we went for it, pat myself on the back, mm-hmm. um, not just an idea guy. Yeah. And um, <laughs> we went for it, and it, it, it went really well. But at the time, it was kind of just me. I wanted to kind of test it for a few months and pilot it. So I wasn't going to rush out and hire an employee to do this. Um, I really tried to do it on a budget, and it was me going in and stocking these machines. And it went really good. Um, we had We had... St- two locations that were very successful uh, for a vending machine. Like for, so based on what I was told in my research, if you had a vending machine on average that made a hundred bucks to 200 bucks a month, that was incredible. I mean, that was a highly successful really? vending machine. Okay. 
profit wise. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we had those that were doing that like a week. Um, so I thought, okay, I'm, I've got something here. Um, but it was pulling me. Like you're gonna, you're bound to get the calls of like, hey, there's a drink stuck. Hey, it's leaking. Hey, this. And I would get those calls when I was in a real estate meeting or or at the store working with a customer or something. I'm getting these calls, and I just thought, I've got too much on my plate. I can't do this. Um, so we actually um, kind of let the company go. I, I I was going to attempt to sell it. I didn't have. I don't think there was really. A, it wasn't really a sellable entity at the time. So I, I let it go to somebody else, and I think. They may have ran with it or they may have discontinued. I don't know. But if someone's out there thinking about doing that, mm-hmm. I think that's a good move. I think there's something there. Yeah. And, you know, what's interesting, as I kind of think through that, I was listening to somebody, I don't know, a few weeks ago, but they were talking about how entrepreneurs, whenever they, they start their businesses, a lot of times they will start and have this mindset of, okay, I can do this, I can make money here, I can do this, I can make money here, I can do this, I can do this. And they spread themselves too thin as opposed, or like right out the gate, as opposed to being incredible, becoming the best in the world at one thing, and then branching out <coughs> wherever you have the capital, you can say, okay, well, we're gonna do this, but we're gonna need to hire a guy to be able to go answer the phone and, and get the drink that's that's stuck and, and things like that. So it sounds like that could have been a really good opportunity had you been able to kind of allocate your time like that or have somebody come in to, to do that. Yeah. If I had somebody else that mm-hmm. could, if somebody could have kind of helped me alleviate some of that with mm-hmm. me, like we could have grown it, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, it was not hard to land locations. So mm-hmm. we also came at it from a pretty professional approach. Um, I mean, we had lots of, we had sales materials, like like physical sales materials and folders and, and images of the items and top sellers and, and nutrition facts and stuff. And we would go and, and cold call businesses and we would leave them with those things. Mm-hmm. When I say we, I mean me. Um, <laughs> we would leave them. All of us. <laughs> yeah, all of us. The whole team. <laughs> whole team. Uh, we would go and leave them uh, with whoever the point of contact was at the business. And for the most part, they were pretty receptive. Uh, and they were open. And the biggest holdup was where are we going to put it? Because they already have a vending machine. Mm. Every business you're going to go into already has a vending machine. Um so it was sometimes we would run into like, well, we just don't have a place. And I would, I didn't really care. I would say, I don't, it doesn't matter where it goes. We could stick it back in the warehouse. It doesn't matter because the employees are going to find it. Mm-hmm. They're tired of eating the potato chips. And it's funny too, normally in those old school vending machines, there's like one item that's like relatively healthy, like the veggie straws or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And they're gone in like the first two days. Like they restock them and then someone comes and buys them and hides them in their desk. Yeah. Um, that should tell you something. Mm-hmm. There's an inefficiency there. Mm-hmm. So you, a lot of the items that we had in the vending machines were also items we had at the store. Um, you know what was the best-selling item was the, uh, you know those sparkling waters, the ice sparkling yep. waters? Mm-hmm. that are, They taste so good. They're just, dude, we sell, sold so many of those things. And if anyone listening is like considering this, this is the thing. Uh, <laughs> I think I paid like 11 cents for those buying them at Costco or Sam's club. Yeah. And we sold them for a dollar and we sold hundreds of them. Like crazy. There was a time where I was like, we should just have ice vending machines. Like that's all this should be because that's what people were looking for. 
yeah, I'll go stick a dollar in that machine and I'll get something other than a Ozarka or, you know what I mean? Um, that was a fun, like entrepreneurial kind of thing, you know, but yeah. it, it was, uh, I couldn't keep it up, man. Yeah. But you said something earlier that it made me think, um, spreading yourself too thin. Not every deal is the right deal. Yeah. It's a, it may be a good deal, but it may not be the right deal. Mm-hmm. And that's been something I've had to learn in real estate too. Um, but it, just in general, like you, me being an idea guy, like I'm going to have ideas, but it may not be an idea that I can run with right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got pins and things that I think are so great. Yep. Uh, I just, you know, I don't have the so you got a backlog. I don't of, have yeah of ideas I, that you just need an execution guy to come in and run with. I don't have the bandwidth to take it on. Yeah, yeah. but I still need to be involved with it, right? Um, yep. So I have to explain myself to friends like you and say, "Hey, look, I'm just soundboarding with you right now." Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, dude, I do that with my employees right now too. There's times where I'm I'm soundboarding with them for the business, and I have to be clear, like. Be, not to leave them with the impression that like, oh, this is, we're fixing to do this. And then when I don't, <laughs> yeah. it's not as though we didn't, it's that we were soundboarding and we were, we we're just kind of fishing for any, something that might go, hey, ooh, that's right. That's right for us right now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't, I've had to kind of learn that um, over the years. Like you got to be careful when you, when you do share ideas like that um, with, with your team or with employees, like, to make sure, hey, that they know what this is. Because you can leave them either excited mm-hmm. and they can end up being kind of let down by that or they, or they you could leave them excited and they could be thinking like, they could see themselves growing in this direction. Mm-hmm. And then three months later, they're like, yeah, they never did anything with that. And well, you're like, well <laughs> that's a great point, right? When you look at not just small businesses, but any business in general, when you talk about the importance of, of communication, clear concise communication and making sure that people are on the same page. And that can be tricky. That can be challenging on, on both ends, especially if, if it's a new employee that's getting excited about something. And for you, you're just throwing ideas out there, like see what sticks. And, and you may have a new guy coming in. Oh my God, that, that's exactly what I want to do. I want to start a career in this type of a thing. So, yeah, we've had numerous situations like that with, uh, with TF where we're, uh, we're talking about uh, let's do this and or what about doing this and man if we did do this this is what it would look like and mm-hmm. um, you know like for instance we're discussing right now building a, like a, a a juice coffee smoothie bar and um, but we want to do it big we yeah. want to build a really nice one um, and we want to we want to make a destination in that central part of spring right there and that's exciting for the team um, but you know, as we talk about it, it's easy to get real excited and you can kind of visual visualize it. And, uh, but that may not be a, a 90 day, that may be yeah. a, that may be a one year kind of thing, you know? So mm-hmm. I think just making sure that those, uh, expectations are clear or, or not expectations, but making sure the picture you paint is clear in that regard. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've very, struggled with that. Very important. Really? Yeah, you and I have had conversations, ideas that, honestly, man, there's a... You know, I got to say, I think one of, the, one of the coolest ideas that you and I have discussed, and for those of you that, that are listening, please feel free to take this and run with it, but uh, it's, it's, it's tougher. It might be more challenging than, than you think. But So one of the things that came to mind, I don't even know how we got there, 
and I think this was actually my idea. Maybe that's why I like it so much. But okay. we were talking about something, and we got on the topic of all of these these ride studios where people go in and they have the, the bikes that they, they pedal and yeah, like there's spin, music spin and it's like yeah. a disco or whatever. I've never been, I say disco, but never actually been to one. But one of the things that I thought of is, okay, all of these people in this class, whether you've got 10, 15, 20 bikes in there, they're sitting there just pedaling away, burning energy, burning energy. And so I thought, how do we You're going to give this idea away. <laughs> <laughs> how do, why not? Um, so, yeah, if Elon Musk can make that the Hyperloop available to anybody, that's then, true. That's fine. <laughs> so, if we, we if we capture all of that energy and then feed it into the electrical system of the the building itself, so that when they're pedaling, whenever they start pedaling harder, the lights start getting brighter. Right? Yeah. So I'm wondering, is there enough and store the energy and store the energy? Is there enough energy that's generated for you to offset the electric bill? And pay for the bikes themselves. Like that's that's a legit idea. That's a very you need legit a really idea. good execution guy to be able to bring that to fruition, though. Yep. <laughs> and you need to be able to retrofit bikes and come into yep. Globo Gyms as well as Spin Studios. And exactly here I, you go. Your 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 clients are going to come in and then generate electricity for you. They're going to earn that membership. They're going to earn that membership. That's I right. love that idea, dude. I guarantee that's a reality in the near future. Guarantee yeah. it. It's too. It just or makes too much sense. This. Like if they come in and they they sit on the bike for thirty hours a month or whatever the number is, your membership's free. Well, you got to pedal your ass on that bike. You can't. Well, just sit yeah, on the that's bike. true. I guess that's true. You yeah, got to can't just coast it. You got to generate a certain number of of watts to to get that. I what if what if that energy stored you could sell back to the grid and yeah. and maybe the business actually ends up making a few making extra some, bucks. That's right. What if somebody actually got off work, went to cycle and at the end of the month, they actually ended up with like 50 extra bucks in their bank account or something like, I don't know. I'm yeah. just, or at the end of the year, it's like, Oh wow, look at my account. Actually, I've got a few hundred bucks in here. Yeah. Or this is like some black mirror type, <laughs> shit, but like I'm, this is a thing. It'll be a thing. Yeah. Or sell them to to uh, uh, what is it? Those uh, Peloton folks, where they have it in their home, they can actually offset their home electric bill. By there was that pedaling away that retrofitability. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, that's a thing, man. That's a thing. Was that my idea or yours? We were working out, and then it promptly ruined our workout. <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> We're like, we're onto something here. How do we do this? I know damn well if my dad thought he could get his electric bill paid, we would have all been on that bike. <laughs> you know, like we would have yeah. been. Mm-hmm. At least 30 minutes a day, we're getting on that bike. Yeah. <laughs> and I know there's probably a lot of households that are operating the same way. <laughs> and after this Texas freeze, everybody would have been on that bike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got $10,000 bills to make up. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's see. What else? Okay, yeah, I think that's we've covered a lot of really good stuff here. Um, what's the best way for people to reach you, Chris? Um, I have a new Instagram. It has like eight followers. Um, yeah, is that uh, what is it, Mr. Tarver? Mr. Chris Tarver. Mr. Chris Tarver. Yeah, yeah. that's a um, good one. And then of course our our business page, our TF Supplements Superstore page. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, one of the uh, things that I like about your, I'll say, online presence is you uh, a lot of content you create is is very engaging and there are times whenever you you create videos of just random thoughts that 
I actually really appreciate. And I, I, I'm drawing a blank right now, obviously, but a lot of the random thoughts you have, there's actually some meat to it and, and provokes thought for me. So, um, yeah, definitely some good stuff that you're putting out. I was thinking about that the other day, and it's been a long time since I've done a video like that. Mm-hmm. And um, trying to be introspective and, like, why? why? Why have I not done anything like that in a while? And I think, like, every, you know, you go through kind of seasons and, I'm in a season right now. Um, I've got a 10-month-old daughter mm-hmm. um, that I'm always – it's like there's a clock always ticking, you know, as she gets a day older each day. Um, and there's all there already was a clock ticking for me every day, just in business in general. So every day at the end of the day, you're like, man, did I get my list done? Like how many things did I cross off? How many are getting transferred to the next day? Mm-hmm. Um, and how big is my list for tomorrow? And – now more than ever, I end most days pushing stuff. Okay, this gets pushed to tomorrow, and I and I'm like, you know, I try to make it home, and um, it's a challenge right now. So I'm in a challenging kind of time where I kind of think when I think when you find people that are putting out content like that, that are that are putting out things that make you think, but also like uh, to provoke positive positivity and mm-hmm. positive thoughts those people are probably probably in um healthy seasons of their life they're probably happy they're probably they're probably healthy their their mind is healthy and they're they're thinking in ways to help others uh and to be honest with you right now i'm trying to help me yeah <laughs> and um or at least i'm like i'm when i ask myself like why haven't i done that i'm like dude when you know mm-hmm. um so a lot of the times the thoughts that I'm having, like just, you know, when you're on the road, you turn the music off and you just kind of spend some time in your own thoughts. You're thinking like, okay, this, what do I have? What do I have? What do I have for the rest of the day? What do I have the rest of the week, the month? Um, but at the time when I was putting out those videos, mm-hmm. I think I was more or less like, okay, I've got a little bit to give. Let yep. me give a little, a little more, you know? Um, and I think there's probably, there's some cool personalities out there, including you. Uh, oh, thank you. That are, that when you're, when you find people that are giving stuff like that, mm-hmm. if they're in a place to give, yeah. they're in a good place and they're probably good to listen to. Um, but yeah, and right now I haven't really put much out, man. I'm trying to keep my head above water. Yeah, probably like a lot of people are. Yeah, I mean that's a good point. And if I'm being honest, it's it's not always easy because it does take time. And what I found is the first few podcast episodes and and YouTube videos that I put out there, it was all stuff that was just it was coming to me and there was this newness and excitement about it. And so as soon as some idea popped into my head, I would just start recording it and start talking through it. Well now kind of, and I suppose this is probably just an an evolution of this process, but I find myself wanting to be even more intentional with the messaging. And so I'll think of a a topic that I want to cover and then I start spending time researching it and, and, looking at, at others that may have covered that content, reading a lot of information about it, and, and trying to really invest in how can I deliver this message in a meaningful way that will kind of reach the masses. So, I mean, it does. It, it, it is time-consuming, but for me, I've just recently started receiving positive feedback from people of, hey, I, I really like this video and this content that you covered. And just yesterday, I was on a coaching call with somebody and she mentioned to me that she watched my my video on, 
let's see, I think it was about virtual meetings. And one of the things that I touched on in that video was the importance of presence and your appearance. Like, don't roll out of bed. For those of you that work virtually, don't roll out of bed and just throw your hair in a ponytail and come to the come to the screen with your pajamas on mm-hmm. you know maybe maybe do something with yourself throw on a polo something like that kind of because that that contributes towards your brand and and who you are as a leader in the organization and oh the, absolutely as yeah. a leader yeah and the feedback that she shared with me was that next day i started investing spending another five ten minutes just making sure that i was presentable looked well and, and just the fact that I'm getting feedback from people now, that it's motivates cool. me, and it makes me want to try that much harder. So, And then I'm also struggling with, is this going to be value-added? Is this helpful? And some videos and some podcast episodes get a lot more views and likes, and, and that's great. And Dude, some don't get two. So. Making, <laughs> making an impact. Like, yeah. you're, you're an impact. Like, that's, some, that's, a, that's a desire, I think, that every human has. And and we're just all in these like journeys to try to find how, where we fit in Mm -hmm. to, to do that and find our, our Avenue to do that. Yeah. Um, But I think everybody is seeking that. And I I mean, that's, that's that's a really good point. I think everybody's looking for that. Yeah. And whenever I think through my career early on, my passion was the technology and the, and the, all the, the geeky nerdy data center architecture and stuff like that. And over the years, it's kind of transitioned into into leadership and coaching and things like that. And now my fulfillment comes from helping others become successful. And so it's it is it's 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 about finding that passion. And I and I think I suspect that you've you've found that passion in what you've done with TF and how you've been able to help so many people change their lives from a a, a fitness perspective and health and well being perspective. Is that fair? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, I only say that because whenever I see you interact with people, you're always going above and beyond to help them out. I definitely get a lot of satisfaction from it. No Mm -hmm. doubt. Yeah, no doubt. That, that is the TF is the thing that, that provides that for me, that, that Mm -hmm. helps me make the impact. Uh, the other, like, the real estate, I don't think, at least what I'm doing in real estate right now isn't uh, on a large scale doing that. Like mm-hmm. every time, I mean, anytime we we sell a home that I built, it, uh, it's to people who are, you know, in love with the home, right? Um, yeah. So that's always yeah a little, you know, heartwarming. And, mm-hmm. um, but on a day-to-day, I get that, I get my glasses full at the end of the day every day. That's good. Uh, through TF. Um, so that's a good point. Tell me, Chris, what is it that, what is it that drives you? What is it that motivates you day in and day out to get up and, and train as hard as you do and, and help everybody the way you do? Keeps gas in my tank. Yeah, keeps the gas in your tank. Um, man, so about a week ago, I kind of was able to put words to this because this is something I'd kind of given a lot of thought to myself. Um, I constantly seek resistance. So, and, and I, I think that's what sharpens, continues to sharpen me. So that's what all that was, was that that's what bodybuilding was. That's what CrossFit was. Um, the reason I, I did that bodybuilding show coming off the heels of cancer was 
I needed to like, like beat my chest and be like, that was nothing. Look what I could do. You know, I could do this too. And, and, uh, and, you know, I, I, I've told you before, I think I ran in a track meet, um, at Rice University a couple years ago. Um, and I was out running on the track and there was some, some Duke university, like legitimate track, you know, athletes out there running and they mm-hmm. saw me running and they're like, Hey, you should go run at the rice all comers meets. And I'm like, well, what is that? You know? And they said, well, man, you can just go down there and kind of pay $12 and you can run whatever you want. And it's a, it's a, it's a brush up. A lot of athletes use it as a brush up prior to the season. Okay. Uh, so I went and did that and, uh, like I lost badly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I ran a good race for my race, but I got my ass kicked, man. Yeah. Um, but I still left feeling like, dude, I did that. Like mm-hmm. I showed up and you know, for the fact is I was like the only white guy there. Um, mm-hmm. and I still lost by like 30 yards, but like I still ran a really <laughs> good race. Uh, so man, I, I think seeking resistance the same way resistance in a gym is going to build a the same way that resistance in a gym is going to build a muscle and the that muscle is going to adapt that you can seek resistance to sharpen the mind dude there's so many things i'm not good at that man there's i need the little i need the wins i need to remind my i need any reminder for that matter that reminds me that i can do it Mm -hmm. um there's probably not going to be a time that I stop exercising or stop working out. Um, I'm probably in like the top 0.1% of the population from a physical fitness standpoint. And it's not cause I want to look good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I do, but dude, it's just a reminder that I can do it. Um, and it's a reminder of like my will, like, because if I, if I go spend all day at the office and like I said, there's so many things I'm not good at, at least I know that I can put the work in Mm -hmm. and at least I know that I'll outwork the next guy. Yep. So all of these, these extracurricular things, fitness, I, I think the way fitness molds or meshes into business it's just it's it's sharpening your will and sharpening the and and it's it's a, a oftentimes a personal reminder of what you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's like a really well known challenge out there called seventy five hard. Yep. And Andy Frisella puts that out. Uh, mm-hmm. And man, if you listen to his podcast on that, it's hard not like you in the podcast and you're like, well, I can't not do it now. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, it's, and what's funny is like, I listened to it the other day and, uh, the, the basis of it, if anybody's wondering, you, you need to go listen to it. Um, but it, the basis of it is for 75 days, every day, uh, you do two workouts a, a day. One has to be outside. Mm-hmm. Each workout has to be 45 minutes. Okay. Uh, you drink a gallon of water a day. Mm-hmm. You read 10 pages of a nonfiction book. Okay. You take a, and you take a progress picture. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. Oh, and you have to follow a diet, okay. not a not a, a diet that is a, a productive diet, right? Like you, not not a paleo or this or that. It's a, it's any diet that is 
a positive, productive diet. Um, and that's meant to just remind your ass that you can do it because mm-hmm. you're going to come out of the end of those 75 days and you, you tell me one thing in your life that you're truly proud of that you didn't work your ass off for or you didn't earn. Like, it, Damn. Uh, you got to... Yeah. Everything that's worth anything, you had to earn, right? So coming out of these 75 days, it's funny how widely adopted this thing is. I mean, it's been so popular, um, and it is. It's so effective. But everyone's going to come out of these 75 days going, I can fucking do anything. Mm -hmm. There's nothing I can't do. Mm -hmm. And I need that reminder so often. And uh, because of what I don't have, because I'm not the most equipped or I'm not Elon Musk and I'm not Sean Barnes process technology, like, like builder of all things. Like, so I need a, I need every reminder I can that says, no dude, but you are the guy that will get out there and outwork any motherfucker. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's an, a, a very eloquent tie in to the type of mindset required to be a successful entrepreneur. I think that is huge. A lot of people, they see the the glitz and glamour associated with these, we'll say, entrepreneurs that, well, self-made millionaire overnight type of a thing. They don't realize that the years of work that would in that went into actually accomplishing those things. And oh, so, hell yeah. Yeah, whenever I have conversations and, and see, I just, I have so much respect for entrepreneurs and and the grit and tenacity that they have, it just impresses the hell out of me, quite frankly. Because you're going to fail a lot. You are, absolutely. And a lot of people are scared of that failure, quite frankly. Oh, yeah, they're, it's it's paralyzing. Were you scared of failing at the track meet? Or do you know what was going to happen? <laughs> Dude, you know what's funny? Like I mentioned earlier, like we have seasons in our life. Up until like three years ago, the most humbling experience of my entire life mm-hmm has been TF supplements, the most humbling. Um, Cause up until, the, up until then, yeah. um, I woke up with a fire that was, I mean, you could, it was hotter than hot, dude. Yep. You couldn't put this thing out. And I thought, I genuinely thought, this is crazy, everyone's gonna laugh at me, I'm egomaniac, but I could dunk on LeBron if you gave me six <laughs> months. If you gave me six months, I'll do it. Like, I just needed time. But I, w- I genuinely believed I could do anything in the world mm-hmm. if you just gave me a little bit of time to study it, learn it, and I will, I'll, my work, will, will, I'll get me there. I don't yep. have to have the skill. Mm-hmm. Um, and that started, like, post-cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like I puffed my chest up and it never came down. I yep. was like, I could do anything. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I wanted to, like, I noticed, I was like, this is carrying me places. So I then started to seek out more things that would, like, keep that air in my lungs, right? Like yep. the proverbial air in my lungs. Like, what will keep my chest puffed out here and keep me going? And uh, But TF was, I went into TF with that same mindset, like, I'm going to build the most unbelievable vitamin store that the world's ever, like the country's ever seen. Like mm-hmm. it's going to look like an Apple store. It's going to act like if you visit the store, you'll, it will make no sense for you to shop anywhere else. We'll not only be the best price, but we'll be the best atmosphere, the most educated staff. It'll be 30 foot ceilings, 3000 square feet. It'd be amazing. Right. Yep. Um, and we did that. Well, 
iPads and the tables. It'll be amazing. Mm-hmm. It'll look like the internet came to life. And uh, we opened the doors and like, I mean, people came, but not like I thought. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I thought like we're gonna have to barricade the doors after hours or something. Like, but it just uh, it was still a business, man, mm-hmm. and it still required me to get in the nitty gritty and kind of get get strategic and figure out how to reach our customer base and. It was no different than any other business. I, I built, I did build all that, um, mm-hmm. but that isn't the secret. It's not the secret. That's not the recipe, right? Um, yeah, it's reaching people. Uh, so it was the most humbling thing. I went into it almost with like this huge ego. Like if I do this, it'll just be, it'll be like a, it'll be autopilot. You mm-hmm. know, no, not at all. Well, I mean, hey, truth be told, all of those things that you just described about your store are what drew me in. Obviously, our friendship, and I want to support you and everything, but there are countless supplement stores much, much closer. But for me, day in, day out, month after month, I always make that that trek out to your store because of you supporting you, but then it is, it is the best store you will ever go to. I recommend people all the time. I actually had on one of my videos recently uh, recommended you guys because it is it is the best. But that's awesome, man. Thank you. That's not everything. Yeah. Right? And, and I think a lot of people that, that start businesses, they go into it with that mindset. And, you know, I've done consulting work and started my own business. If Realistically, I did it during the last oil field downturn. I started getting into it, got real excited about it, and then realized, ooh, this is, this is tougher than I thought it was going to be. And so for me, the easy button was, okay, well, I'll just stay over here in, in oil and gas. And yeah, it, it, it is tough. You've got to have that, that fire inside of you and it has to be a passion for you to be successful. Now for me, four years ago when I started, it was just about the technology and now it has kind of evolved into this, this leadership development coaching aspect of it th- that does light that fire inside of me. And so I think for all of you that are listening that want to start a business, no, it is not going to be easy. It's going to be tough. You're going to get beat down time and time again. I have, I've, I have, I say a lot. I was going to say I have a lot, but I've had several people come to me um, with ideas for businesses, Mm -hmm. maybe looking for either a capital investment of some kind or, but like, or just maybe using me as a soundboard. Mm -hmm. Um, And oftentimes they, the, the kind of nature of the pitch is Mm -hmm. how easy it's going to be. Like this is, it's so simple. And here's why. And like, they're just, it's just going to be this. Like, and immediately when I start hearing like the sales pitch of simplicity, mm-hmm. I'm like, stop, stop, man. <laughs> and like, not as if like, I'm just this, like, I'm not this all knowing VC guy or anything like that, but like, I know it damn well, it's not going to be simple. There's, believe me, man, if, if you think you stumbled across some kind of idea that's going to be simple and it's just going to be like a light switch turn on and cash flow, like, mm-hmm. sorry. That ain't you. Not going to happen. You, there's not those, those ideas aren't out there just waiting to be plucked. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe they are. I'm just, but yeah, that's, um, everything's going to have a, a tough road. So fitness, I think, has, plays this crucial, it's training the mind. Mm-hmm. It's, it, who is it? Uh, David Goggins, who mm-hmm. always talks about hardening and, and callousing the mind. Uh, of course, that dude is absolutely wild, but. Yeah. But that's the that's the base of it, right? Is how do I keep my mind sharp and my mind calloused to, to take on everything out there, you know, and keep going and keep going and keep because you're going to have to just keep going and keep going. So, what do you think? 
drives people to have that mindset because I, I know a lot of people that are perfectly comfortable sitting on the couch watching Netflix all day every day or enjoying it what, what do you think what do you think drives those individuals that, that have that mindset do you think it has something to do with their upbringing or is it just ingrained what, what are your thoughts I think now it's cool <laughs> you know uh, yeah. I don't know about now it is uh I uh, I had this desire to like. I just wanted to put my name on something that was abnormal, that mm-hmm. was not, that was bigger than normal, mm-hmm. um, and I. It's kind of funny now. So I, I say like TF was like this humbling experience because I very quickly learned like this isn't easy at all. This yeah. is very hard, uh, and to be honest, like real estate is more lucrative for me and mm-hmm. not nearly as hard. Um, but they're both different. I mean, like I, there's, I, I get things out of both of them, but um, yeah, I had this desire to like put my name on something and like not necessarily like pass something down or, but just do something bigger mm-hmm. than just the norm. Um, at what point did you have that desire? Was it just always as a kid or did it? Like, no, because my wife would tell you that I scared the shit out of her one time when we were dating and I, I had told her like when I was a personal trainer uh-huh. that I didn't need much. I needed a, I didn't, I just needed a, you know, I needed something simple, simple life, picket fence, dog, yeah. you know, like the normal life. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, which is great. And I think, I think she was in, she kind of thought maybe that wasn't me. She thought she was dating someone who had this bigger picture in mind. And then she was like, Oh my gosh, really? Cause maybe I'm thinking I want more. And like, you know, uh, so she always says like, whenever I said that I scared the shit out of her, but, um, yeah, I don't know, man. There's of course there's nothing wrong with normal at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, matter of fact, like just be ha- whatever you're happy with. Um, cause now I think I've probably calibrated my, desire for the world mm-hmm. i genuinely thought like i was going out i wanted everything i wanted to be everything yeah. and uh and i genuinely believed that i could do it and like that's a cool thing probably not realistic uh <laughs> but but now um i don't need those things but i still desire like i still want to make an impact mm-hmm. you know yeah. I still want to make an impact. And I'm all, I always want to make a bigger impact. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know, man. I don't know if you're born with it or not. It's got to be something that – it's got to be upbringing. It's got to be – Yeah. Or like I said, I met – when I met Sean, the owner mm-hmm. of TF Supplements, yeah. I met this guy who was only a couple years older than me, but he was races ahead of me. Yeah. And it was like this light switch of like, oh, my God. I didn't realize that that was even a possibility. Like – so now I'm like, it threw me for, I mean, here I am, I'm at the top of my game feeling like a million bucks. And all of a sudden I'm like taking down 20 pegs going, Oh my gosh. And I had no idea that that even existed. Um, maybe it's not meeting those people. Maybe yeah. it's not having those people in your circles. Um, and you never even learn that you could do those things. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe That's- people kind of just keep, keep with the circles. Like, what do they say? They say like, if you took your five friends or yeah, you're the sum of the five people you surround yourself with the most. Yeah. So, and if you're not where you want to be, then 
take an inventory of, yeah, of those. Audit those audit that circle. Um, but that's huge. I mean, you know, I have a lot of people that I interface with and, you know, whenever I start looking at personality types and profiles, and I know I kind of have a tendency to go here, but I like to, to analyze why people do the things they do. And a lot of times you'll fi- come up with somebody or, or meet somebody who's, who's an extreme introvert at heart, and they don't ever come out of that shell because they're, they're too scared. And maybe they, they don't meet that one person that just ignites that fire in them. And I think that's, that's really unfortunate. I think it's important for you to be able to come out of your shell and grow. And, you know, some can make a valid argument that I was that person until we'll say recent years because do you I, have a person like that like is, that? is there a person or or multiple people or whatever that like oh well i mean whenever i just think through people that i know I, I know of a lot of individuals that that are very extreme introverts and we'll say keyboard warriors and i'm thinking like professionally that i interface mm-hmm. with but but they have a very very core core group of friends that they they only trust a very very few people but they don't they're too nervous or too worried and to kind of come out of that shell. And and that was me for a very large portion of my life when, I mean, hell, just as recently as probably a month or so ago, I was having a conversation with uh, somebody at LSRF at the gym and they're like, wait, you have a podcast? What? Yeah. Like that, doesn't the last make, guy. that doesn't <laughs> compute. This yeah. is a guy that comes in and, and trains. And even I was on uh, Henry's podcast probably a few weeks ago. And he was talking about whenever he was introducing me, he's like, this guy came in, he did his workout, went home, didn't talk to anybody, didn't talk to me, he just got his workout done. And as we've started to evolve and have conversations with one another, we've come to realize, oh, this guy actually is comfortable talking to people. He can, he knows some things about leadership and has a passion for helping people become better. Yeah. And so for me, I mean, you know, I didn't hit that until probably like my mid thirties where I started to come out of my shell. And even some of my peers, that uh, that I've worked with some other vice presidents at the company that I work for have made comments to me about, yeah, you were just the, the IT guy as a keyboard warrior would sit in his office and would win every argument on the behind the keyboard. And do you okay, so it's my belief that confidence is what brings people out of their shell, right? Yeah. Okay, that's fair. so like do you would you say that about yourself? I, I would say that I've become more confident in in recent years as I've come out of my shell. It was very it was not easy at all. And I can, I can probably attribute part of this to stepping into to leading the HR organization because IT was easy for me. I got to a point where I was kind of complacent. And, okay, well, this is I can do this. It's easy, but it's not challenging. And so I wanted something more. I wanted to challenge. I didn't know what, but I wanted a challenge. I wanted something more. And this opportunity to lead the HR team came up. And in order to successfully lead that team, I had to learn how to interface with people. I had to have conversations. I had to understand what drives people, what are their motivators. And so for me, that's kind of what brought me out of my shell. And, and I've had uh, friends and mentors that, that helped kind of push me out mm-hmm. farther than I was more farther than I was comfortable going. And so I think, um, you're right. I think part of it is is meeting those people in our lives and finding finding who will push you over over the ledge. So you never know you're going to fly until someone pushes you off the Isn't ledge. That funny, like people would probably look at you and like you have attributes that would be like, "There's no reason in the world why you shouldn't be you shouldn't exude confidence, right? Like good looking dude." 
there's like a race car in the garage <laughs> here. Like you're super jacked. You have a, a crazy successful career. Like there's all the reason in the world why you should walk out of the door every morning with your chest out, you know? Um, but well, still you're a human. I, yeah, absolutely. And for me, I, I, I grew up a uh, single child. I don't know if that really played into it or not, but I was a single child and, and just quiet and reserved and to myself. And whenever I think of my time in, in junior high and, and did you think you were just a nerd? I was, I didn't think I was, it but was, I mean like up until like two years ago, a year ago. pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Like I, I, I just joking. like a nerd with a six pack. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it, it's just, I think it was just kind of part of who I was growing up that I was, I was that quiet little introverted nerd. And then I started interfacing with more and more people that pushed me to do better. And I wanted to do better. And I think, different different people can kind of pull different things out of you. So in in knowing you, I want to eventually look like you one day. I don't know if it'll ever happen, but I would like to look as jacked as Chris Tarver, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> there. so uh, but then as I look through uh, other aspects of, of my life when it comes to, to leadership, there are leaders that I would aspire yeah. to to achieve the things that they've achieved and, and accomplish the things that they've accomplished. And so I think it's important for us to come out of our shell and, and be comfortable meeting people that we might not otherwise meet. But you've so got to have, so conv- have those conversations. So you, you got to seek out leaders now. Yeah. Right? To sharpen, mm-hmm. like... Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so that's a, that's a really good point is we, we've touched earlier on you being the sum of, of those around you. And, and I made the comment, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. I'm constantly looking for another room. Who can, who can I meet? Who can I introduce myself so that I can learn from them? And it, it's, uh, that's challenging for me because I am such an introvert. If I go to a party, I'm not talking to anybody unless yeah. I know you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hopefully Chris is here. Hopefully <laughs> Scott's here. Somebody I know is here. Otherwise yeah. I'm sitting in the corner petting a dog. <laughs> so <laughs> so the, and that's just kind of who I am at my core. So but it but it is tough to It's funny we don't start we don't start realizing that until you kind of get to about the age we are. It's mm-hmm. kind of that mid thirty age, like but you don't really start thinking on that wavelength for a while. No, I think well, I think also when you're kind of through your, your mid-20s and into your mid-30s, that's when you really start figuring out who you are and what you want out of life. Yeah, right out of high be, school yeah. and college, it's about partying, having a good time, fast cars, all that fun stuff. But there's not a whole lot of meaning behind it. And and I envy those people that... that Just making it to Friday. Exactly. It to Saturday. Yeah, 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 making it to the weekend. Yeah, because exactly. those weekends rocked. <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) So there's actually a guy in an online community that I'm in. His name is Philip, and he he has started a podcast and um, trying to to start his own business. And I was on his podcast at at one point recently. But one of the things that I had after we finished recording, the conversation kind of went down a path of you know he wishes he knew kind of uh, that he was more focused and knew exactly what he needed to accomplish. And the guy's in his late 20s. I'm like, Philip, you are so far ahead of the game right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm 10 years older than you are, and I'm just now getting into it and figuring out what I want to do and how I want to get there. But you know, I shared with him that I am actually envy him finding out what his passion and path are at such a young age. 
Man, I, I when I bought my first uh, investment property, I was 26, mm-hmm. 20, 26, maybe 25. Um, and I spent every dollar that I had. Like, mm-hmm. I saved up that let, seed, right? Yep. And I wagered it all. I swung for the fences. And I didn't start small. I I went, I was going for it. I went, I bought a big house, full on renovation that I, I ended up getting ripped off by two contractors and had to sell my truck and all my other possessions that I had were worth anything. It was pretty much a flat screen TV at the time uh, to try to like to get some of that money back. And it was a bad situation, but the fact that I laid it all on the line is one of those things that I lean back on to remind myself, like, dude, you did that. You're willing to do that. Like, kind of goes back to the 75 hard, going back to kind of seeking out uh, resistance. Like, you got to do hard shit mm-hmm. every once in a while to prove that you can do hard shit. Yeah. So that when hard shit comes up, you can remind yourself that you can do hard shit. Yeah. But if you always avoid it, you know, so, like, I would seek out, I, I, I now seek out, but like I look back on those times that were hard and that's where all my, that's where it all comes from. You know, dude, I remember my wife now. Um, so my first investment property was 26. Uh, I basically do as much work as I can on this property that I know how to do that I can learn from YouTube. And then I sub out the rest of it and end up getting ripped off from some guys, whatever. Uh, and because of that, you know, we rented an apartment at the time. So now, now that I'm like, I got ripped off, I'm like, I don't have any money left and I need to finish the job. So we can't have the apartment too. So we move out of the apartment and move into the construction job and we're sleeping on an air mattress and we're, we're cooking on a, on a hot plate that my wife got with her points from Walgreens. Uh, there's no floor. It's just concrete floors and we're, and we don't have running water and we're in there for, about two and a half months, roughly, 10 weeks or so, where we don't have running water. So every morning, my wife and I, girlfriend at the time, wife now. Right. I don't know how that happened. Yeah, like, how did right, you lock yeah, that I down? Mean, yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone paid her dues, it's her. Um, dude, we woke up and we showered at the gym and then went to work. And then on our way home, we'd stop at the gym and shower. So mm-hmm. oftentimes, we'd work out twice a day just to shower. But sometimes, we would just stop in and shower. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we were do- we did it. Yeah. And, uh, God, man, one time, uh, so we get to the end of the project and I, it, at the end of the project, our construction project, you kind of, you do all the finishes kind of at once. So we have like light fixtures and plumbing fixtures and all this stuff kind of, it's all in a pile in the living room and it's getting ready to be installed the next day. And it's all these, like all the, all the lighting and plumbing and, and stuff like that. Well, the next morning I show up to the house or, well, I, uh, yeah, I show up to the house and it's gone. All of it's gone. And I kind of have a panic moment. Um, I call my guys. Nobody knows anything. Somebody had broke in and stole everything. And it was probably one of my guys calling up his cousin or something to say, hey, this is this is up here. Um, so to, and I'm like, I got, I'm tapped, man. I got nothing. Uh, so we're over here. We can't barely afford the next month's mortgage. And we're just trying to finish this job to get it sold. And, uh, dude, it was such a strange time. I mean, like, I go, I don't know what I was thinking, but I, anyways, it was a, it was a rough time. But, um, I, I borrow money. I borrow $300 from my mom to pay the, the last month's 
mortgage. Uh, and we end up selling the, the property the following month. And um, I was 26 or 20, 26 years old, 27 years old. And I made $99,000 on that job. Wow. Yeah. And uh, I had about, I had $218. Um, that's, that's it. That's, so what I have, I had 218 bucks and I borrowed 300 from my mom. So I owed her money back. Right. And uh, my realtor called me and she's like, Hey, full price offer, you know, and that was a special day. So that's, like, that's uh, crazy. obviously I'll never forget that day, but, um, I guess what I'm, my point of telling you that story is if you don't do hard shit, like if you don't have hard shit to look back on, you don't have anything to remind you, you can make it through hard shit. Mm-hmm. So never avoid it. Like run into that fire, like yeah. run into the hard shit. And, and if, if you don't have it, seek it out. And that's what fitness is, I think, and how it correlates to business. But yeah, yeah, I I, I really do think that there is a, a correlation there, and admittedly, I haven't put that kind of thought into it because I am very risk averse. Why do you say in such good shape? I don't because I want vanity. Look like I want to look good. I don't look <laughs> like Chris here. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I think it's just for me. That's how I. Mm. That's how I'm, I'm able to blow off steam, and I, you know it's more than that. I guess I, I want to be healthy. Yeah, I want to look good, but I, I really want to be healthy. One of the things that I've never forgot. So I've been training with with Scott at LSRF for 15 years or so, and I went on a trip to Canada back in 2017 or so to our office in Calgary. And while I was there, I took a few vacation days and went out to Banff National Park. So I went hiking and mountain biking and just a, such a beautiful, beautiful area. But there was a day I spent, I was riding that mountain bike for, God, probably six hours or so, just all over the place. And, I, and I'd stop in a little restaurant and eat and and I had just a backpack with food. I was actually eating a lot anytime I could shove protein bars and stuff. I'd, so, but then at the end of the day, I was riding the bike back to the bike shop and I saw a CrossFit gym there in Banff. I was like, well, hell, all right, let's check this out. So I dropped in after riding a mountain bike all damn day and did a workout with them <laughs> and loved it. I mean, I had, I mean, actually, I wasn't the fastest or the strongest, but I wasn't the last. So for me, as I reflected on the flight back, I was like, man, that is, that's pretty cool to be able to go out, yeah. enjoy the, the mountains, the scenery, and all of that beauty, and at the end of the day, go in, drop in, get a hard workout in with some new people that I never met before, and be just fine the next day. Yeah. And I, and I realized that fitness is, is about being able to, to live life to the fullest. Yeah, you're like, this is what I want to be. I want to be able to do this, yeah. Exactly. And so that that's always stuck with me. And I don't know if I've actually ever shared that story with anybody, but it has, it's always stuck with me. It's like, man, that's, that's pretty impressive. And like you and I were talking earlier, I need to get back into uh, focusing on my, my cardio because I haven't been running very much lately. Dude, one of the first trips, uh, the guy, Sean, Mm -hmm. that owned Tia, uh, one of the first like trips him and I took, we wake up one morning and there's not, we're out of town. There's not, we don't know any gyms in the area. So we're like, let's just go for a run. Uh, well, this was a productive time for me. Like mm-hmm. I'm getting some real face to face time with him. Yeah. And I get like, 
not in a business setting. This is a personal setting for a couple of days where it's just us. And uh, we go for a run. We end up running like six miles. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we're talking the whole time. So I don't even realize it's happening. Yep. I never ran six miles in my life. I don't, think I've ran, I don't think at that point I ran three miles. Um, but we run like six miles and have mm -hmm. this like, we have a really good conversation the whole time. And we're talking about ideas and sharing ideas, concepts for like growth of the company and stuff. And uh, yeah, looking back at that, you're like, had I not been able to do that, mm -hmm. that would not have even, that wouldn't have been an option. Yeah. And how many people are in that position where they opt out of things that they don't, you don't know, mm -hmm. but those saying yes to things potentially, I mean, if you don't open the door, you don't know. That's so right. luckily I was able to open that door and say, yeah, let's go do that. You mm -hmm. know? Um, yeah. So if you weren't that way, there's probably doors that you would never be able to open. That's a really good point. Yeah, absolutely. So what else? Uh, man, dude, I know you've seen my daughter. She's absolutely beautiful. Oh, my goodness. She's the coolest thing in my life right now. So here's the thing. I, I So Danny put out a little video the other day on, on I, th I don't know if it was Instagram or Facebook or where it was, but it was, it was Marley. I don't know if y'all were at a park or something, and there's some music playing in the background. Or I'm, I'm sure she probably put it in in the video, but... Um, but yeah, just absolutely adorable. So it's crazy. So for for the majority of my life, or I'll just say all my life, I've never really had a burning desire to ha to have children. It's just never really been a, a thing. Yeah, for me. I to be honest, I didn't have it either. Yeah. yeah, and when I saw that video, I thought, hmm, <laughs> I can get down with that. That was the first time <laughs> in my entire life. Uh, that's awesome. I, that's, that thought has ever even crossed my mind. So yeah, that's props awesome. to, to Danny on putting that video out there. Hey, uh, seriously though, like to anyone who's a new dad or like a young dad. It's, I'm, she's 10 months old and I kind of feel like it's like just happening. Mm. Like in the beginning, she's so breakable. Yeah. I feel like I'm, you can't do it. Like you, you're just holding her up to not let her die. Like don't fall <laughs> off anything. Don't hit your head on anything. Like, but just, but now she's like becoming like a little more like she's a little tougher and she have, has a personality now. So she's laughing constantly. Uh, and it's cool when she starts doing like unique things with you. Mm -hmm. um, like when I pick her up, it, it's for seemingly it's only with me. I, I don't know if because we're higher, but like when I pick her up, she starts pointing at stuff like, let's go over here. Let's go over here. Um, it's pretty cool, man. I, it's kind of just happening right now. And all my buddies that have kids, they're like, dude, it's just starting. Like it's fixing to get so cool. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny too. Like I, I went into it. Like if you asked me a year ago, like boy or girl, mm -hmm. I'm going to say a boy. Like, mm -hmm. of course yeah. I want a boy. Um, but yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I'd say that now. So now, like, someone asked me the other day, like, if you had a second, like, would it be a girl or boy, or what would you hope for? And I kind of think, man, for all you guys out there, like, uh, girls love their dads, yeah. so like, I'm excited for that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so like, mom's always going to be the one that like gets the head butts and like has mm -hmm. to, you know, and they're gonna. So I get to kind of be the fun one. I hope. I don't yeah, know. that's cool. That's the coolest thing in my life right now. Um, we have a lot of cool stuff playing with the store. Yeah, um, we just we just picked up two really cool uh, big uh, real estate projects a couple of weeks ago. But right now, my daughter's the coolest thing right now. That's awesome. Yeah, very very cool. Yeah. All right, man. I can't thank you enough for coming on. As always, I, I really enjoy these conversations. It's always fun. I cool. I feel like I drank a lot. Is, did anyone else drink this with me? Yeah, before? I drank a little bit. I didn't. Yeah, you did. Um, no, man, I had a blast. This is cool.
Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I have to have you uh, come back on at some point in the future. Absolutely, man. All right. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. Y'all have a good one.